Welcome to Bevington Banter. Today, it's just the siblings, Kate and Cassidy. Hopefully, we do not revert to our childhood uh, arguing with each other and him making me cry and me logging off. Don't do I think we'll be good. That would deserve me making you cry. Okay, I, I didn't when we were little either. So debatable. <laughs> uh, so our dad, Randy is having some kind of dental procedure today and then had a meeting. And I realized last night, since when does he go to the dentist? Oh, yeah. He doesn't go to the dentist. I know. But you know, those, his teeth are horrible. You know, those two fake molars he had that he cracked when he was little and never told his mom. And, I then, thought those, and then the Navy replaced him. I thought those got knocked out with a story. So, that I probably shouldn't talk oh. about. Well, they got extracted and that's why they're getting replaced. They're getting ah. replaced today. He's getting new ones, new fake molars. So, well, uh, if you're not already, follow the podcast wherever you listen, share it, rate it, review it, all that stuff. Well, we were kind of wondering if maybe we would get, so the, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, currently the jury is in deliberation. So it's obviously Tuesday. This so, is the first yes, day of deliberation. When Whenever you're listening to this, this is Tuesday. We were wondering if we might get a live reaction but we'll see here um I, I in light of this i mean last night as soon as it said they were going to jury and all this stuff i still have been praying for kyle and the family for comfort i've been praying for the jurors though too just for both for somebody at least one of them in there you know to be able to stand up for truth and what's right and not be intimidated into convicting him when it's not proper and so um somebody not just to be, not just somebody to be brave and jurors. bold somebody you right even by the other jurors in the room the but media, to be no i, I mean oh not and just by the jurors yes. the media uh the people who say basically they're gonna burn your city down if you don't convict him right so please please be praying for them to be bold and stick to their convictions in the face of all that okay question so at this point i think i would i would have thought like an immediate decision would have been a good sign but now that it's gone longer, it's longer, longer. Okay, better. here I actually just now read an update on Twitter from someone I believe to be has been a very reliable source. Jack Posobiec just tweeted this information is from a U.S. marshal that's currently in Kenosha. Two jurors are holding up the decision, outright citing backlash as their concern. So basically, the jury wants to acquit him. Is what that says. The jury wants to acquit him, but two of the jurors are holding up the decision because they're afraid of the of the civil unrest that it will cause in their city. That shouldn't be legal. No. If you especially you shouldn't be able to say that out loud. Yeah. How in the world? I mean, if you even if you think even if you think that just lie, because this can't be legal. You should be able to get those jurors thrown off. Yes. You as soon as they express those concerns. You should be able to bring in two alternates. There is How did no that way work that they that's had them saying, the jury and then they selected the ones who actually make the decision. Yeah, they had like 18. And he like pulled was pulling yeah. numbers out of it. A- they had 18 jurors and he apparently the judge allowed him to. I guess maybe the draw that they did before the random draw was not he didn't like. So the judge allowed him to literally just draw 12 numbers out of like a little. <laughs> like one of those yeah, things you spin somebody and pick just a held ticket a out of it for a raffle. And he was pulling numbers out. Yeah. And he pulled 12 numbers out. And those number jurors are the ones. No, actually, I think he pulled six. And those are the ones that had to leave. I don't know. Either way, he picked randomly 
which one stayed. The six, six just instantly at that moment became alternates and they went home. They should be able to call two of those alternates back because these people just flat out admitted it doesn't matter what the evidence says. I'm going, I want, am leaning towards finding him guilty for completely Something. independent reasons. Yeah. Which is, you can't, you this can't is going to turn into a mistrial for that reason alone. And if it's not found, if it's not a mistrial with prejudice, then they will be able to try him again. And then he's going to be put, they're just going to do it over and over and over. If this becomes a mistrial, the judge would have to retroactively call this a mistrial with prejudice. And he would have to cite them violating his fifth amendment rights when they, um, when the prosecution cross-examined him on the stand and stuff like that, because uh, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do from there. You can, this is why I've been praying for the jurors to have, one good thing is boldness and courage yes one good thing is that this means is they absolutely are not going to convict him that's the bottom line they need unanimous decision yeah in order to convict him of murder that's not going to happen the only thing that they're going to potentially do jury they're going to get a hung jury there's going to be a mistrial but like i said if it's not that specific kind of mistrial they're going to try him again i would they decide if 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 it's a hung jury I don't know that it might be up to the foreman of the jury foreman. I don't know hmm. whoever they specified to be the foreman may say, listen, this isn't going anywhere. It's not going to change. And then maybe they make the decision. I really don't know. Um, I don't think there's a time limit because I mean, no, juries, I have, so. have, juries have spent weeks in yeah. deliberation on certain high profile cases. Yeah. I don't know what you do from here. I don't know if during, if during the in-between time when they're setting up to, to file charges again, if they get to point out the fact that, listen, if this is the reason why that this was a mistrial, we have to do this somewhere else. Somewhere else. It cannot, or this trial right cannot now, be in Kenosha. They should line the streets of Kenosha with National Guard. There's 500 right National Guard in Kenosha right now already. They already and what are people going to do? Guard. Nobody's going to riot when there's 500 National Guard members. I did hear one person point out the fact that maybe um, a lot of times, like stuff like that, doesn't happen so much when it's cold that cold weather literally keeps people at home and doesn't have them coming out into the streets. My only point is they just wave, keep though. themselves warm with the fire from the buildings yeah. and the cars well, that they okay. set on fire. Those people are worried about backlash, you know, ha- coming to their cities again. But this case literally shows that you're allowed to defend yourself. Oh. If you've no, found, their if city. You acquitted him, you've established precedent to defend yourself against people just like that. So well, this was this was only a year much ago. How much of. how much could their city have been repaired by now? It's probably still in shambles. I mean, it's probably not completely fixed, but it was estimated that Kenosha caused like 50 million dollars in damage. Yeah. The th- three days, I guess, it, I think it was. I get rioting. I get but that I'm they're just saying. saying I'm just saying this that this, saying. this this actual case right here would be a precedent that allowed you to feel safer yes. standing up to the people burning down the city, but you're afraid of people burning down the city. You're going to have way more concern of people burning down the city when you just caused a case to go in the direction of putting something forth yeah, you that ruin someone's ascertains life. that you don't and have you can't protect the yourself? right to defend it. You're you're adding to the problem by saying that he's guilty for defending himself. If you take away your right to self-defense, what you're doing in this case, that's going to make the rioting worse. 
And I, I get that they're saying, oh, what happened to my city was terrible and horrible. And I don't want rioting to happen in my city again. But the fact that you know that what happened was horrible means that you also would side with this kid who was yeah. being attacked by yes. these horrible people. You need and more Kyle yes. Rittenhouses, not less. Yeah. Don't make a ruling that's going to discourage people from acting the way that he did in self-defense, in standing up for businesses. It, give a verdict. You should give a resounding verdict that gives people confidence to do exactly what he did. And again, only use lethal force when necessary, which he yeah, did. I wish they would have gone in there and five minutes later come out and said, not guilty, not guilty, burn the city down. And will Kyle Kenosha or will, will the Kenosha kid, everybody. The Kenosha kid. That's his nickname. <gasps> the Kenosha kid. I haven't heard that. Yeah, I like it. I heard it somewhere else. That's not well, an original yeah. from me, the Kenosha kid. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I would issue a verdict so resounding that says we like that he defended himself. We like that he defended the business. And if you try it again because of this verdict, there's going to be a hundred Kyle, uh, Kyle Rittenhouses out here. What you said, you kind of made a statement when we were talking about you know, he probably shouldn't have gone. It was probably a stupid decision. Last time you said, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I think that. And what I've heard even, you know, since then, other people talking about it, even since we talked last week, I'm more on your side. Yeah, I I mean, the fact that he was 17. If there were a hundred of them. It would have been better if there were adults. Yeah. Men it, it, and yeah. Peace, peace through overwhelming force. If there would have been a hundred of him, maybe none of it would have happened. Maybe they would never ever even set the dumpster on fire. If you just overwhelm them with people defending the place, not using lethal force. And if there were so many of them willing to use lethal force, usually you don't have to. We also touched on last time the Project Veritas, the FBI rating Project Veritas situation. And I heard today someone on um, Megan Kelly's podcast that even the ACLU has come out in uh, with Project Veritas and James O'Keefe on this. The ACLU and Project Ver- Veritas being on the same side of something, you know that is because the ACLU, yeah, when they were founded, they were for civil. It took them way too liberties, long. but they are now. They're not now. They are no. If they were doing insane. what they should have done, they are left day one. If yeah, they were but, doing what they should have done day one, they would have come out against this. But for the first time we see, I mean, they probably realize at some point this is this is too far. If this was because obviously those of us with some intellectual honesty, if this was the New York Times and the Trump DOJ rating the New York Times and taking information, oh we'd goodness. be upset. We yeah. would be up. Not only would you yes. see the media have an aneurysm live on CNN, but you we would be upset also. So good for once, someone who's left leaning agrees. That this is just a little. This freedom. is a little bit too far. Yeah, it's crazy. The fact that they turned the diary over a year ago. It's this is not they dad was so right with they're they were going for, they're looking for something else and they were going in to get something else. Yeah. And they even yeah, the answer is the answer. It's it probably wasn't even anything. They else even specific. rated it people was just as much as they could get. Right. The different homes 
that his home and some of the other reporters' homes that they raided, they even did it like days apart, which if you're looking for something, evidence in a specific instance, and you think they're communicating, you're going to do it all at once. You're not going to give them time to raid one and give them time to communicate what was going on so that they can get rid of. Yeah, exactly. So clearly they weren't really going after it. Yeah. Crazy. No, it, it was, it was just to get as much as they could. Project Veritas has caused so much damage. I mean, you can only say that they doctor videos so much like back when they did the abortion videos. I mean, that claim is only going to get you so far, but when they did the whole, they did, it must've been a six part series on expose the vaccine. So they they've done so much damage. They have, they painted a huge target on their back and then the DOJ pulled the trigger. They, I did see their people are asking for to see the, what's it? The, the warrants or for what was presented to get the warrant to grant the warrants for um, the raid. So we'll see if anything comes out of it. If anybody gets, but I doubt anybody gets in trouble. We'll see. You want to know what will really be a litmus test as to whether or not anybody in the DOJ is touchable is this new Garland thing that came out today. That he, Garland? Yes. So they used it has come out. The FBI is investigating the parents who spoke out at the school board meetings and they found documents. Um, Republican House members are now in control of documents from an FBI whistleblower. And the documents very specifically say that there was a counterterrorism division of the FBI assumed uh, um, was given the task of assigning um, threat um, tags. That's what they said, threat tags in a quote on certain parents at school board meetings who spoke out about critical race theory. That is in direct contradiction to A.G. Garland's testimony in front of Congress. He 100% perjured himself. And if you ask me, if you now I'm going to get into another subject. I think it's the reason why they indicted Steve Bannon on this whole January 6th thing just a couple days ago, right before they knew that this was going to come out. If someone doesn't get in trouble for this, this was absolute perjury. This He only testified a couple weeks ago, and he said the exact opposite of this. If he doesn't get in trouble for this, they're not touchable. It's, not, it's never going to happen. You know, after we recorded the last episode, I, well, I texted you guys and I told Cole later because I'm just, I just find myself in a terrible mood after every single time we record this because we basically spend an hour or so just talking about how terrible everything is, how depressing and annoying and frustrating the world is. And it just puts me in a really bad mood for a while. I'm waiting for the world to give me something to be happy about. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I don't have good news for you because another thing that you mentioned during our conversation last episode, in a passing comment, you said, we better start this civil war before my generation gets too old or else we're not going to be able to take out Gen Z, basically. But unfortunately, right after that, I heard about a report, a new report that came out from Barna, which they're like a, a polling agency. That's good. And it was when the freedoms of found or foundations of freedom is like the institute or the platform that they published this report on new insights into the generation of growing influence, uh, colon, millennials in America. Now, I looked at the breakdown. They they pulled 
or they surveyed people 18 to 37, which I've always seen millennials to Gen Z cutoff right around right around my years of birth. So that would be so this would be more like millennials and some older Gen Z. This isn't just millennials though, because millennials goes up to well into the 40s now. Right. This so point. this is a shifted, it's like tail yeah. end of millennials and the beginning of Gen Z. So it's yes. kind of a from what I see. And the majority, I will say they had a breakdown of the percentages of by um, smaller age brackets. The majority of the people surveyed were younger than you, Cade. So we're in a more like my age ballpark. So probably like the 20, um, young 20s to young to mid 20s. You're in your late 20s. I know. I'm just old. in case you haven't realized. I know when you're in your okay. late 20s. Sidebar. Taylor Swift re-released her version of Red, the album, and I was listening to it, and one of the songs on there is 22. She wrote it when she was 22, and when I was listening to that, I realized, oh my gosh, it was so, it feels like so long ago when I turned 22 and, like, cranked this song and jammed to it. I'm 20, I just turned 27, and it made me feel old. So I can't imagine how you feel, and Courtney and Cole's about to feel in a couple months. Thanks. I'm sorry. Well, I don't think that being 30 makes you feel as old as having two kids. Probably no. you're right. That makes you feel older. That's probably true. Well, so it's bad news, though, for you, because you made it sound like you're thinking that people in your generation, a good amount of them are going to be on your side. But it sounds like from this report that these people are not going to be on your side and not up for a fight at all and just very lost. So I'll just yeah. read you some. I mean, of I'm, the... I'm, I, we're going to talk about these individually. I'm looking at these percentages, and as as bad as it seems, I'll take these odds. <laughs> I'll take these odds if it's if it's me against them. I'm okay even being in the minority, because, I mean, let let's say that I only ten percent of millennials think the way I do. On average, we only have to take out nine of the other ones. So, I mean, if I could get, I, I believe that of these like beta soy boys, I could probably get 30 of them. So like the guy next to me, he only has to get a couple and the next guy, maybe he gets like half a dozen. So just on average, we have to take out, you know, nine of them. And this looks better than 10 to 90. So I'm yeah. actually okay with this. All right. All right. So it starts off. We'll start it's not good with, though. It's no. not good. Don't no. get me wrong. With some of the economic and political things. And then there's some religious stats in here too that I've found crazy. So the first one I have is close to one half of young adults say they prefer socialism to capitalism. And to be more specific, it was 48% said they prefer socialism to capitalism. However, again, with this is going to come up later too. When you look at some of the other things, the ways they reacted to like, oh, what is your positive or negative reaction to these words and all this stuff? It seems like partially they don't understand they don't know what socialism and capitalism are oh uh, i don't know do yeah that's why they picked i it. don't know yeah <laughs> that's fine that's me only having taken out one that's me only having to take out one other person but that's does it an not, easy one does it not frighten you that i think that if they understood what those words meant that some of them would not have chosen socialism is it worry you that they're being preached that socialism is this wonderful thing and so they're believing it blindly? I would be way more concerned if they really be believed it. Right. Because but... once they start getting into it and they're like, this is what socialism is, change back. 
Yeah, but they need to learn that before they vote. But all these people surveyed are of voting age. Yeah, I know. But they also just it would be worse if they truly believed it. Eh. It's not it's not good that they're stupid. I like confused more than I like a socialist zealot. That's fair. I am in favor of educating these confused people. And I would even donate to the cause of transporting these 48% of the young adults to, to a socialist camps. No, no, no. education camp. To a social, yes, in a socialist <laughs> country and saying, like, you like it? How you like it? Is this good? Spoiler alert, it's not. You know, Candace Owens had someone on. I realize this is not, this is full communism, but what's the difference? It's just a stepping stone. Um, someone who escaped from North Korea. And she was talking about one of, some of the things that she said about coming here was how she couldn't w- when they talk about inequality here, that's a, like it's a bad thing. Like we hear inequality and it's a bad thing. And she was saying, I hear inequality and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Inequality. It means there's a chance for you to do something. Everyone isn't just equally starving and without electricity and running water. So that is about, awful. That is awful. That that's the perspective. Yeah. She heard inequality and she thought, wow, that means there's an opportunity for some sort of distinction for me to make myself better and accomplish something, which is crazy. So that's what you get in socialism, everybody. Yeah, sure. You might be more equal, except equally worse Everyone's equally poor. Yes. All right. Next one I got is almost two thirds, 64% admit that within the past month, they had, quote, avoided interacting with someone because it was likely to produce conflict so there is no way that that is they are conflict to this generation no there's no way however that is that is i'm sorry but keeping everything bottled up inside like that is very baby boomer it is incredibly baby boomer i actually think that that is kind of high i mean i i think that that it, I bet for people older than us, they avoid conflict even more so. You can just play, okay. Here's I got a few issues on this. One, conflict precipitates progress, development, change, consensus. You can't change someone's mind unless you that you disagree with, unless you go embrace that conflict and go yeah. into it. No, no, I think conflict is good. I'm just saying it that is, I'm not surprised in a healthy way. That. And so yeah. they're avoiding conflict, but you're not going to get any of your goals or anything achieved of the change that you want to see all the progressivism, unless you actually have conflict. The other thing I thought is sure these millennials or these young adults, we'll just say young adults. Cause it's not really might be avoiding com avoiding interacting with people to avoid conflict face to face, but probably give them an anonymous platform or put them behind a screen. And I don't think they have put a mask on them and send him out to a protest, I don't think they have any problem with it. You're just nodding. He's nodding his head. And I'm shaking my head. Shaking. Yeah, nodding would be a yes. So he's shaking it. In depression. Yeah, it's sad. So we're not going to get anywhere. No development without conflict. But, you know, I guess that's fine. I don't don't want them to to precipitate their ideas. So No, no, no. I don't either. But I also, I just don't think that that's a millennial thing only. Yeah. It's a little bit human nature. In fact, the founding fathers said that man will endure quite a bit until they're willing to change their circumstances. I mean, they'll put up with a lot they before they a lot of bad before they'll actually stand up for themselves. 
So that's not a surprising number. It's the least surprising number on this whole thing. This coincides with that percent, that statement. And I thought it was funny. And also I think this relates to what I said about put them behind a screen and they have no problem with it because another thing they found in this was because they've done this type of survey with all like of all age groups. And this was a quote from the report. Despite their well-known advocacy of tolerance, they emerged from the survey as the generation that is the least tolerant by their own admission of people who possess different views than they do. So for all this talk of tolerance, what are you surprised? We already knew this. Yes. They're tolerant as long as you agree with them. You can have whatever opinion you you want as long as it's mine. Yes. This uh, this opinion's okay, and maybe this opinion. I won't I won't attack you for this opinion. We can have a debate about these two very closely very, very related close, ideas. Yes, and de- and decide which one of the two incredibly radical ideas is more radical. Which one do we like more because it's insane? So, whenever that someone says they're tolerant, peace and love, ask them this. and acceptance, yeah, coexistence, except for Christians. They're hateful bigots, racists. Ask them, how likely are you to have a conversation with someone who possesses different views than you or to accept someone who has different views than you? Not so tolerant now, are you? Yeah, but for the ones who aren't tolerant, that's like saying, how open are you to having a conversation with someone who is intellectually superior to you and will decimate every argument that you give them? I thought that maybe- And then the only thing that you can do is just call them names. I thought of saying that maybe when when they talk about they- will avoid interacting with someone because it will produce conflict. Because they know they're stupid. If they know they're going to get raked over the coals. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, they're going to say this, which is a very commonly used argument. And I'm going to say, oh, they say that all the time. But the reason they say it all the time is because it's true and I don't have an answer for it. <laughs> so I'm just not going to talk to them. Yeah, they can't face it. And they it's too difficult because they are convicted by truth. And then what are they going to do? Run away and hide. This is when things start to get, to me, very, very sad. Less than one out of five millennials, 22%, contend that life is sacred. Well, half of the generation, 50%, argues that life is what you make it. There's no absolute value associated with human life. What a 50% dismal outlook. What a hopeless and depressing outlook to have on life. Then what then are you why even are they doing? upset that Kyle Rittenhouse smoked those people? Great question. Why would it? Why does it matter? If there's no who, absolute who value associated with human life. And why even walk on the planet then? What does all this matter? It's such a is nihilistic the word I'm looking for. So you, when they were asked. OK, they were given they choices. Were, they were and this is the one they picked that they most agreed with that. So. To only 22% chose that life was sacred. Yes. 22% so that was actually life was sacred. That was one of the options. Them, yes. That was presented to them like that. Life is sacred. And they yes. did not pick that one. Correct. Four out of five did not pick that one. Correct. I think this is not. Listening. Turn it off. Turn off the whole world. Turn it back on. This turn is what I said last time. Yep. Restart it. Yep. We just need to hit the reset button on America. It's over. You know, when you push the button on the computer and you push and you hold it and it does the hard restart hard restart that's a glitch okay then nearly one third of them 30 percent describe themselves as lgbtq nope nope that's not okay 30 percent it it's like 
I can't remember how many times. I would higher. love to know how many I times higher than the next that. generation. I would love to have that right next to a question where they also ask if you believe in the legitimacy of people who say they're non-binary. Cause I want to know if it's the exact same people. So 30% of people identify as LGBTQ. I want to know, like, if you said, are you a, an ally of LGBTQ or whatever that is, would, would it only jump up like 5% or would it be like double? Cause if 30% are just identifying as it, how many support it? Oh that, my gosh. I would want to, I would want to yeah. see that, those next to each other. Cause I actually would not be surprised if it didn't jump as high as you would think that basically everyone who supports it is part of it. One third describes itself as LGBTQ. About two thirds. So this is crazy to me. Wait, there's some crossover. That yes, would mean that there, there has is, to be some yes, crossover here. Yes, this is when I'm going to get into a lot of crossover <laughs> here in the next few. There's a lot of crossover here and this is insane. So then if nearly one third, 30% describe themselves as LGBTQ, about two thirds, 65% say that they're Christian. Let oh me gosh, remind you. Ahead. Oh let, my God, I, I know. Ahead. I know. Let me remind you that only 50% thought that life was sacred. Or no, no, no. Only 22% said that life was sacred, but 65% say they're Christian. So 22% are Christian. Yes. <laughs> so a lot of these people think they're Christians and they're not. Yeah. No, okay. yeah. So about two thirds. So 65% say they're Christians. Their idea of Christianity is so skewed. So the next one is insane. Three quarters, 74% <laughs> of the generation believes that all religious faiths are of equal value. So that is, 65% I, say they're Christian, but 74% say all religious faiths are of equal value. Yeah. Oh my Come here. Come over here. I want you to look at your test results. You see how you marked this one? But you also marked this one. Those are contradictory. You can't you can't mark those two. Like this one should be N.A. If you have answered this, I don't think you understand. Uh, hang on. I'm going to crumple this up and I'm going to give you one where I put the where I put the questions down and word them a little easier. That's I don't, I don't get that. I I can offer no insight. They put on a blindfold and just filled in the bubbles. Literally being a Christian means that you think that that's the only way to God. Okay. Only 35%. So of this is includes, right? These 65% that say they're Christians, 35% say they believe they believe that God is the all powerful, all knowing, perfect and just creator of the universe who rules that universe today. So now we have where's the other 30% that said that they were Christian. So that means that even means that there are some people who say that about God who still don't think life is sacred breaking down. This was, yeah. So of the, this one blows my mind. So you can break down these answers about pick which one is closest to your view of God. And they broke it down by faith affiliation. 4%. No way. Okay, 4% of people who said they were Christian, who identified as Christian, said that everyone is a god. Did they also say that they get their own planet? So most, at least the largest percentage for people who are Christian, but this still should be 100, should be 100 picked this view that God's all-powerful, all-knowing, perfect, just creator of the universe. 46% of Christians said that God was the all-knowing, all-powerful, just creator. So half, only half, about half. The people who said they were Christian have a correct view of God. 
No, let no less than half. Yes, less. Forty six percent who identified as Christian agreed that God is yes. the all powerful, all knowing. Yes. Six percent don't know, to be fair. <laughs> don't know? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Fifty six percent. This is of total back to the total of all people. Fifty six contended that identifying moral truth is up to each individual's. There are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time. So relative morality at the very least, at the very least, our laws would. Yes, I have have the other options for that. An agreed upon moral set of rules, because if you just get to determine your own, that's anarchy. The other options, like there was another option that was your most trusted source of moral guidance is your feelings, experience or input from family and friends. Uh, They actually, these are a mix of questions. They just how they relax. It was just agreement. You just agreed or disagreed on the statements. So these are some of the other statements you could agree or disagree on. Yeah. You've made me more sad than ever I thought possible. I mean, I knew that postmodernism and relativism were problems that there was but you can't it's unlivable i wrote an entire paper i wrote a large paper about this i broke down postmodern worldview relativism why it can't stand up why it doesn't make sense you can't live like that it contradicts itself for one as soon as you say there's no absolute truth well that's a truth statement so maybe <laughs> there's no absolute truth and the Maybe. people who say that you know we can't we can't legislate morality right okay well then I, why do I we have any say, laws i at used all? to say that i used to say that i changed my mind so understand. hard we i think well what is murder think, why is murder i think illegal? we should be i think we should be more authoritarian on yeah. enforcing what's right because, sorry well that statement doesn't hold up that you can't or if you can't agree upon morality at all then why in the world do we have laws why is why is murder illegal why because you would say oh because it's wrong well why is it wrong i don't know it just is well life's not sacred so you don't think life is sacred so people that came into the new world i heard this i think it was on michael knowles pointed out people that came to the new world did not just come here just for pure freedom they came here for religious freedom to practice freedom the way that they saw it. But that included enforcing biblical based laws. That's the reason why there was so many sexual immorality laws that were on the books in a lot of small, in a lot of small places, those laws are still on the books. They're just not enforced, but it wasn't, it wasn't just to be free for the sake of freedom. It was to be free to serve God, but that came with some pretty authoritarian type rules that just fell in line with a Christian life with the Bible. Now we think that they came here just to do whatever they wanted. And that's not the case. So I have always said, you can't legislate morality. What's the point of legislating anything then? Why why would you legislate something that you saw as immoral? So I take it all back. I take that back. Well, basically what all this tells me, all this data tells me is that they are as the all these people who answer these ways are so lost, but they're also don't have anything to look 
to for guidance because they don't believe in God and they don't believe in an absolute morality. So where are they supposed to get their answers for how lost they are? CNN. That's terrifying. (laughs) But no wonder that they all identify as LGBTQ. No wonder they don't care about it because they just, they don't, they're trying to find themselves. They don't know what their identity is. I I think it's the reason why there's such a big uptick is not so much that people are confused. It's that it is so glorified now. It's Mm, not that they don't know who they are and they're searching for who they are. It's that it, it makes them feel good to be part of this. Not to mention if you're part of one of those victim victimized classes, it's your excuse for everything. Yeah, look, Don Lemon, who sexually assaulted someone and nothing. So what, I mean, what do we do? A lot of it, a lot of people, they said they distrust, like their positive and negative reactions to words like Jesus were still reasonably positive, but it was more about they reacted really poorly to the ideas of church and they don't trust pastors and things like that. But also I think that there are so many churches teaching the wrong things. So that's got us in this situation. I don't know. What do we do? I don't know. Just from doing the math here, best case scenario is 22% of these people are really Christian. Because even if you take the 74% believes that all religious faiths are of equal value, that leaves you 26%. But only 22% said that life is sacred. My guess is those don't overlap perfectly because some people of another religion maybe also said that life is sacred. Yeah. So really, 15%, it's not looking good. Someone needs to tell those people that they're not Christians because you are doing (laughs) them a disservice if you let them believe that they're saved. But you got to say, hey, I'm really sorry. If you believe this, you're not saved. You will are on a path to eternal damnation. Yeah, it's not it's not love to allow someone to continue living in their delusion. Yes. You have to there's some hard truths. I don't even think that one's that hard of a truth though. Is that is that so sad to believe that life is sacred? It's sad to believe the other way around. It makes me depressed to yes. think that it wasn't. So I don't think that that's a, some hard truth that you have to force down their throat. I would think that that would make them feel good. Right. It gives you hope, a purpose, yeah, makes, something yes. to live for. Otherwise, life is hopeless. What are we doing? It's pointless. So this is our last podcast. <laughs> this is pointless. <laughs> you only go. It only leads down. Having these that worldview, these things that there's no moral truth, that there's that life is meaningless it leads just down a path to depression and nothing meaningless purposeless life fortunately we know differently and if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know differently maybe let that's us assure what we you, need to tell them let us assure you that's not the case there is hope life is sacred god created you perfect In his image yep and he wants to we messed it up and he's trying to restore a relationship with us And one day he's going to come back and we get to live in eternity in perfection the way we were made to. On our own planet that we Mm -hmm. rule as a God. Okay, so now we're Mormon. Just kidding. (laughs) And that, everyone, is why Mormonism is not Christian. (laughs) Just a, a denomination of Christianity. 
You can't pick up and hang up that phone, though. Did you? Someone's going to think a church just hung up on them. I forgot about this phone. Is that the fax machine one? Hey, dad's on the show. <laughs> I'm not going to keep this. Listen. <laughs> Beep. Hello, my name is... I'm uh, phone number... I'd like to uh, make a report on a UFO sighting uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, I discovered a flying saucer, flying disc, and uh, it was just right above, uh, above the city. And I also have... Uh, I've been uh, abducted uh, when I went to the Philippines. Uh, I had a sign on my hands and on my back uh, with, a, uh, with a triangle in my back. And then on, uh, on, the, on my hand, I had the cross and uh, a triangle in the middle. Uh, you can call back a and I'd just like to make a message to the Cardinal or the Vatican. What? <laughs> Well, Dad, let me keep some of that if I get rid of the name and phone number. I want you to keep it. There's no way that's real. There's no way that's real. I'd like to make a report to the Cardinal phone number or something. But if that is not in this, I'm going to be furious. I will be so mad. That could not have been more perfect. Is recording in our father's office at the church. And that, that was, was a phone, a phone message to the church. the church. That's got to be a, that's a prank. He yeah. wanted to report it to a cardinal of the Vatican. Yeah, that's not a Catholic church. Oh and you're going to at least call a Catholic church for that. What would a church do about a UFO? I don't know, but that was beautiful. Wow. I think we're done now.